the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will get to, in just a moment, what you need to know today. And it's a big one. It's a big one. It's the wrap-up after Virginia, New Jersey, Long Island, a few other places had elections uh, this week. We'll get to all that. We'll also talk in just a few moments uh, with a couple of important people, people that I have uh, really grown to respect. One is Andrew Pollack. Andrew Pollack is, um, of course, uh, well known for his um, advocacy after his daughter was murdered uh, in the Parkland shooting. And uh, he's an incredible guy. And I want to touch base with him. Uh, We'll see what he um, how he feels about the issues around school safety and whether anything's been done to change it. Uh, He's always good to talk to. And after this election cycle, these last few days, I think he'll have a perspective that's important. Also, we'll talk with Carol Markowitz, who writes all over the place, at Carol, K-A-R-O-L, K-A-R-O-L on Twitter. Great Twitter handle. And on Facebook, Carol Markowitz. She's a great writer in New York Post, other places. Lives in New York City. Spent some time in Florida. She's just a great commentator. We'll talk to her. All right. Before we get to that, what... You need to know today, today's Daily Wink, and you can visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and go over there and sign up for the daily email. The daily email is called the Daily Wink. You get it in your inbox, 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. A couple of key links, a couple of key stories, often one of my radio segments, and just what you need to know in the morning. So go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up there. You can also go there and see all these segments as standalones. All right, I have three points that I want to make regarding the impact of this week's elections in New Jersey, in Virginia, in New York, a few other places. So three points. Number one, this is history. This is historical. This is within, directionally normal, meaning whoever has power in the, uh, in the White House, and especially if they have power in both houses of the, of the U.S. Congress, that party has the power. And just generally, every single time in the off-year election, about a year after the, uh, the, the presidential election, the, the voters are dissatisfied. And my point here, when I make I, uh, three points again, don't, don't get distracted, three points. One is, this is normal, normal in history, except, except, I told you before, it's harder and harder to be a, a leader in this current environment because everything is seen so quickly by the public. People are dissatisfied so quickly. They can see how inept you are. And so it is normal. This is normal. And it is what you'd expect. Uh, but the intensity of the rejection of the Democrats is what's different, what's not normal. So, you know, my first point is you can expect this. You can expect in 2022 that the historical trend would be that the party in power, excuse me, would get thrown out. 
that's what you're seeing and you're you're watching uh, all the people in Washington, D.C., uh, Republicans uh, picking out the drapes, getting ready to be in power. My second point is this. No one is noticing how much people hate the people in power. Now, what do I mean? Well, what I mean is it is a drain the swamp moment. And what I mean by that is whoever is in power or perceived in power is going to be rejected for reasons that have to do with all the imposition of lockdowns and masks and vaccines and the confusion around all that. It's drain the swamp. I've told you before, the most powerful that, you know, term limits is often what you get people to say, oh, yeah, I want term limits. It never matters as an issue. They all say they lie. Everyone says they like term limits. It never matters. Not an average, but drain the swamp. Terry McAuliffe looked like a swamp monster. He looked like a guy, you know, he was best friends with the Clintons. He looked like a guy that made money off of being connected. He did. And he looked like what you reject if you want to drain the swamp. Same thing up in, uh, in New Jersey. The governor there looks like he hung on. His name's Murphy. But he was a guy that was incumbent, in power, had all the trappings of power, all the attitudes, sort of arrogance of power. And he was just about thrown out in New Jersey. He should have won by 10. He won by 10 votes, it looks like, or less than that. He won by, I mean, more than that. He won by, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000. So first two points. One is the trend you're seeing is somewhat normal. The intensity is not normal. Number two, second point is drain the swamp is what people are feeling. People are sick of everything that has to do with the people in power, the elites in power, the bureaucrats in power, the elected in power, all the people that are in power. We, the people, feel... Like you have let us down. And it doesn't matter what party. It really doesn't. Now, the Democrats will pay a bigger price. That's true. But you watch. You watch. Mark my words. You will see a number of Republicans get primary, not just Liz Cheney, but other Republicans that are that are more moderate, more establishment, been around a long time. People aren't going to tolerate it. And some of them are going to lose. And then the Republicans, I think, will win in general in the general election. But those are the two. Those are the first two points, which brings me to our third point. Don't be distracted by what who won this week in the election. There is only one winner and, the, and, and only one way to frame the winning. You're going to be spun. Everyone's going to spin you lots of ways. They're going to spin you this way and that way. But the winning play, the winning viewpoint is Trumpism. It's a rejection of the systems of the past, the systems of power that have for too long dominated people. So you can say, well, what do you mean, Ed? And, I, and the answer is, well, we, Trumpism rejected the system of free trade. It was killing our jobs. Trumpism rejected the system of globalism. It was killing our country. Trumpism rejected the system of Washington as usual, the, the policies. Now, by the way, he didn't get them all. He didn't succeed on all these. Trump didn't. Trumpism rejected the notion that open borders is good for us. All these rejections of systems, of the systems of the status quo, that's what Trump did. Trumpism, he said, the, the news is fake. You should resist the news. Trump said that. Trump led on that. Trumpism is that. Trumpism is that you don't trust big government because they misled us. Trumpism says, and he sound, by the way, Trumpism has pulled all the way wrapped around to where a lot of us sound like old fashioned civil libertarians because Trumpism said you can't trust the government now. 
the intelligence apparatus. Go back and listen to John, uh, General Flynn on Tucker Carlson, that hour and nine minute interview. Unbelievable. That's what Trumpism has set. And that's what happened. When you see the school teachers unions uh, campaigning for Terry uh, McAuliffe on the last day, and then you hear Democrats saying as they go into polling places and rallies, I've never voted Republican. I'm a liberal Democrat, but I can't stand what they're doing to the schools. I'm voting for Yunkin. The system of the of the uh, uh, systemic racism of our public schools and the domination by the school teachers union of, of our of our schools is being rejected. That's all Trumpism. And you're going to watch, and I'm seeing it even among some friends, people that I like, that I respect. They're saying, oh, we need, we, we need all the Trumpism without Trump. Maybe, maybe. It might be right. Sometimes I say, does anybody have the will to fight at the level that they'll do? Because they, they tried down the stretch to take Yunkin out. They tried to engineer the kinds of things that they did. And, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll say this. It's a little bit mean, but it's true. Terry McAuliffe looked like Hillary Clinton was reported to look on election night. He looked like he'd been drinking lots of red wine. He came out with red wine lips. Have you ever seen somebody that was drinking red wine and has on their lips and stays on their lips? You need to kind of get a glass of water and wash it off. He came out and gave a speech like that and danced around. He didn't look sober. And Hillary, by reports, wasn't sober on, on, in November 2016. But the thing that surprised them both is they thought that the system would deliver it to them. It didn't matter what they said. It didn't matter if they were unlikable. It didn't matter if they weren't respectful. It didn't matter if the people were dissatisfied. The system was supposed to deliver it to them. And the system failed them. But back to my point here. Three things. History, meaning recent history, number one, says that it's whipping, it's coming back towards the Republican Party. Now, we'll, we'll footnote for another time whether the Republican Party can lead, actually lead for the country, not just lead for its own special interest, but that's where it's coming. And, and the, 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 the corollary to that first point is that it's coming back harder and more, uh, it's more dramatic because Biden is such a failure and the scrutiny of the press is so, and the, not scrutiny, the transparency of, of what you see is known to all. Number two it's drain the swamp. It's a drain the swamp election. And what we need is a drain the swamp of the bureaucrats. We'll see if people can do that. And then finally, it's Trumpism. If you want, it's Trump that is winning. It's Trump's vision that is winning. And the people that think that somehow we're going to go back to, I heard people saying this. They said the governor candidate in, in Virginia, Yunkin was like Romney, nice guy and all that. I, he was nothing like Romney. He didn't have the artificial, he didn't, he wasn't fake like Romney. He was a normal guy. But if the message from people is, oh, well, this was a nicer, more vibrant, more alive Romney, we can go back to those policies. Those are loser policies. It's Trumpism that's winning. Trumpism. And don't forget it. All right, we'll take a break and we will uh, come back. We will talk with Carol Markowitz. We'll also visit with Andrew Pollack, the great Andrew Pollack, and catch up with him on what's going on. So sit tight. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email, the wink right there, because that's what you need to know. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I thought it was time we catch up with our old friend Andrew Pollack. Uh, he, of course, has um, would have traded every minute of the fame that he received because his daughter, Meadow, was murdered at Parkland. Uh, but he, a, a, even through that suffering, he uh, one of the things he did was set up an organization called the School Safety Grant. It's been around a while now, and it gives out. Its mission is to uh, make sure that there is an opportunity when there is a way to give money to folks to make schools safer and to be a leader on that and it's uh, working pretty well and if you go to schoolsafetygrant.org schoolsafetygrant.org you can find out more about that so first of all Andy great catching up how are you doing oh pretty good I'm uh, living in Oregon I know everyone asks me how I moved to Oregon it's so uh, left leaning but uh, I live in a rural county and uh, I Uh own about 750 acre ranch and working wow. on it, keeping myself busy. That's what I do. I'm keeping busy Good. and Good. working with uh, law enforcement throughout the whole country. There. Yeah. Well, and I see it on your Twitter feed at Andrew Pollock FL at the end at Andrew Pollock FL. Of course, he's from uh, Florida for so many years. So you can go there. And his book is uh, is um, Why Meadow Died. It's really uh, a well done book. And uh, I'm I'm embarrassed. I can't remember your co author because he's a good dude too. But uh, yeah, but Matt, um, let me ask Matt. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Stevens. So let me ask you, though, a lot of attention, a lot of attention in in these days to parents getting annoyed with schools, whether it's CRT or just seeing what the schools are doing and getting motivated. And it looks like in Virginia, for example, but also up on Long Island, uh, New Jersey, people were just dissatisfied. And one of the issues was, I think they saw these schools, what the schools were doing and all. First of all, it, 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 it sometimes it seems to me parents get mad for a while and it doesn't stick. They think, well, I put my kid in this public school. It's probably pretty safe and they probably don't do terrible things there. It, it worries me that sometimes parents kind of move on off this issue. Does that worry you? Well, it happened. You know, after Parkland, uh, I got involved because I, uh, I saw all the many failures and the policies that yeah. were brought the Broward County in the school board. And in 2018, when my daughter was murdered, uh, I got involved to try and change things and fix it in Broward. And we had a school board candidate that we put up that really wanted to make a difference. And a lot of parents did get involved and try and help, but a lot of them were silent on the sidelines. Uh, For me, it started in 2018 going after these school boards uh, and trying to just show parents how how these how they take over the the public school system the left the democrats took over public education throughout the whole country and parents are starting to wake up and really i'd love to see it because for years ed everyone's like you know i did the school board race thing and i'm like i'm pretty much done with it but people write me and say well my kid this is going on in the public school and uh they're getting bullied and, and, and the kids are getting arrested and nothing's happening. Well, you know, you got options, I would tell parents. You can't, the way things were going, you can't keep the kids in these big mega public school districts like the one in Loudoun, like Broward, like Miami, and, and other big public school districts because, you know, parents don't get involved enough with the school board members on who's running. And when I tell people it's more important your local elections are more important than who's in the White House if you have children going to school and you're involved in the community. It's so important. 
And I'm happy to see parents get waking up and going to these school board meetings and demanding answers. And maybe they're finally waking up, Ed. My daughter got murdered. Nobody woke up. Maybe now, yeah. you know, maybe it took a few years, you know, and it's finally uh, finally coming into fruition that parents are get, uh, waking up to what's going on in these public schools. We're talking with Andrew Pollack, and again, I'll put up on social media his website, his website, which is his organization, which is called SchoolSafetyGrant.org. Also on Twitter, he's at at Andrew Pollack uh, FL. I agree with you, and I, you know, I tell people sometimes, like there was a moment about two years ago, three years ago, where people got energized, maybe four, about Common Core. We're going to fight Common Core. We're going to get it, and then it kind of yeah. went away, and then people went on with their lives. And and my point here is it, the sustained effort to to actually change things is what's happening. Now I want to pause and shift gears because you have taught me something in your book and also in our interviews that I want to come back to because I'm not sure I've asked you since Biden won and basically it's another term of the Obama policies whether it's Susan Rice in the White House Lisa Monaco in the Department of Justice the people the hacks that are over in the education department but what you taught me Andrew was that uh, the Obama administration had a whole set of rules that made it so that we couldn't you couldn't get uh, the kids violent offenders out of the schools. Forget about transgender bathrooms. Forget about, I mean, I'm not saying forget about it. I care about it too. Yeah. But these rules that allow the violent kids to not be thrown out. It's And I, I'll tell you the corollary, the, 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 the connection I draw. Right now we have people that are homeless that are mentally not able to function. And we're letting them rot on the streets. We, and we ought to have enough courage to say, we respect you enough. We're going to get you off the streets, institutionalize you. And in the case of somebody that's violent in a school, I'm sorry, your education priority, it's not a right that supersedes the, the safety of your of your neighbors. If you're a disturbed kid, that's life. And you got to get the hell out of the schools. But you taught me Obama made it so you couldn't get these kids out. I assume Biden is doing the same stuff. Is it as bad as it was? Uh, I, you know, nothing's changed in Broward with a lot of uh, things, but nothing has really changed with, with violence in the public schools and the amount of times they're allowed to commit crimes going to school. But certain, you know, there, there are things changing, like in Florida now they're forced to report it where they can't hide it. You know, when my daughter was in uh, school, they were able to hide, you know, that the killer actually was frisked every morning before he went to school, but no one knew it. Uh, you didn't know how many uh, assaults there were in the school. You didn't know how many uh, drug dealings there were in the school. So I could speak for Florida that now it's a law that they can't hide it, and it's public knowledge uh, to how many crimes and, and what's going on in the public schools. But to tell you the truth, if I'm a parent, I'll, I'll, I would sell a kidney to get my child into uh, a private school, a charter school, home school, uh, anything but what's going on in some of these public schools. Uh, I would do anything I could possible to get my daughter out uh, if she was alive. I, there's no way I would send my child. There's no shot in hell one of my grandkids is going to a public school. I'll tell you that much. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Pollock and, again, a school safety grant. Tell me a little bit more about know, school I, safety grant. Yeah, I'm going to. You yeah. know, I have to correct you because before you said when Biden won. Is there anyone actually think that Biden <laughs> won? You know what I mean? The guy didn't cheat. The guy was in his basement. <laughs> campaign and he can't stay right. awake he takes a nap every day at about three you know there's no yeah. way the guy wants 
I, I don't, I don't right. think any, there's anyone out there that really believes it. But my school safety grant really uh, is geared toward law enforcement. If you have any law enforcement officers or anyone in deputies in the country, I urge you to go on schoolsafetygrant.org. Uh, what, what we do is we link police departments to any mass gathering, whether it be a church, a mall, a hospital. What we do is we give the police a certain software, okay? So if there's a 911 situation in a hospital, someone could tap an app on their phone or call 911 or hit a panic button in the hospital. Within five seconds in the real-time crime center, the, the dispatchers could see every camera in that hospital. It interfaces hmm. with the mapping system, so the dispatcher could look at a camera and know and pinpoint exactly what floor, what what hallway it is in the hospital to send the first responders there. It gives them the ability to speak over a PA and open and unlock doors. It's a it's amazing hmm. software, and we're giving it to law enforcement for free. And we're in churches, temples. Uh, we're going into the Panther hockey team where they practice. We're connecting the law enforcement to the Panthers. Uh, we're doing. We're working with malls, and it's just an amazing thing because nine, if you think of nine one one, Ed, it's like in the Stone Age, the dinosaur age. Nine one one. Someone has to dial their phone and then speak to an operator and tell them where they are if they even know where they are. Now, all you, with my software, you just tap the app. Or when you call 911, you don't even have to say anything. The dispatcher will look. It'll light up in the crime center every camera where that person is and tell them exactly where to go. If there's a real fire, if there's not a fire, if there's a shooting, how many shooters. And what's great is Hmm. uh, an officer could get right on the PA system and the movie theater in a church and tell the the shooter, "We're, we're in route, we're in the lobby, drop your weapon. You know, most of the time they kill themselves or they run. So it saves hmm. minutes off response time, which for me, it, it's about saving lives. And, and that's what I'm all about hmm. now. Wow. That's a, that's a great description. Again, it's a schoolsafetygrant.org, schoolsafetygrant.org. Um, a- Andrew Pollock, thank you. Hey, I'm already out of time, but I'm glad to catch up with you. I'm glad you're doing well. I have to tell you that a lot of us just like to hear your voice and hear your uh, energy because it's such a tragedy that we, when, you, when I think about you, I, I get a, 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 a hole in my gut, and then I talk to you and I feel better like we're going forward and everything's going to turn out well. So uh, thanks for coming thanks, with Ed. us, being on with us. Anytime. All right, everybody. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com to listen to these segments again or to sign up for the daily email. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Seemed like I thought a couple days ago it would be good to catch up with Carol Markowitz. And then I realized I'm catching up with her after the election this week, which has all kinds of importance because Carol lives in New York. And so there was an election in New York. And actually, it's a pretty interesting election uh, because the mayor is uh, finally de Blasio is leaving. And the new mayor will be a man named Adams. And he seems to be pretty smart on a whole bunch of issues. So first of all, our friend Carol Markowitz, she writes over at the New York Post, uh, writes at Fox News. She's also at The Spectator. uh, And you'll even see her in the D.C. Examiner in the magazine at Carol, my favorite, (laughs) K-A-R-O-L, on Twitter, at Carol. It's a good Twitter feed. Welcome, Carol. How are you? 
Hi, Ed. How's it going? I'm doing fine. So is Mayor Adams going to be good? Well, it can't be worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I think it looks better than, than it did before. I think the most important thing is that a Mayor Adams is a rebuke to socialism in New York City. The left, the left uh, ha- had thought that they were going to be running the show now um, after having two terms of de Blasio, but it didn't work out that way. He beat all the leftist candidates in the field, and he's sort of the moderate, you know, I would say right-leaning candidate in the Democratic field. Now, he's no Republican. Um, he's no conservative. Right. But he's better than the alternatives, for sure. The the thing I think I saw, and I think you tweeted it, I might have followed, uh, and we're talking with Carol Markowitz, mm-hmm. was he made a comment about the dysfunctionality of the government in New York, and he, he, he commented on how uh, billions and billions of dollars for education yeah. and a whole, a whole bunch of kids are failing. And I thought, if you can get a mayor to say that, that's, <laughs> that's serious. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. progress, right? Yeah, it's big. It, it really shows something uh, that has shifted recently that I, I don't think that people are going to be taking for granted anymore what happens in our schools. And I think the Democrats are going to catch on to that very quickly, especially after what happened in Virginia last night. Um, schools are important. You know, kids are important. Parents know it. I think the society knows it. And I think we could be talking about it pretty openly, that we're throwing all this money at, at these schools that are failing. And it's been the case for so long. And it's been sort of the third rail of New York politics where you weren't supposed to talk about what a bad job these schools were doing and how much money they were making per student every year, or how much you know funding they got. Uh, and yet he's, he's doing it. So it's already a plus, I think. Um, we're talking with Carol Markowitz. Carol, I saw your tweet. You've been really uh, good on this and helpful at writing in your columns. And, and of course, Carol Markowitz writes over at the New York Post and Fox News. Um, and on Twitter, I saw this comment. You wrote, uh, people were commenting yesterday that the elections going for the GOP were people sending a message that they were over COVID. You can't be over a virus. Voters were sending message, a message that they're over COVID restrictions, which do nothing to yeah. fight the virus anyway. Big difference. I agree. And I think there's a lot of energy that way, that part of this is we're just sick of all these people who either lied to us or are incompetent or both. And they're and people right. just are just they're just over all of anybody telling them what to do. Having warmed up to that and you and I agree and you tweeted it, you look around There's not a lot of changes. Fairfax County still has insane uh, regulations. Montgomery County, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. I mean, vaccine mandates for kids. I I mean, yes, it's true. But is any behavior going to change? Well, that that remains to be seen. Uh, But, you know, so, for example, last night, the big story was Virginia. And sort of the the smaller story was that, you know, Republicans almost won in in, uh, New Jersey for the governor race. But so many other races happened last night. Last night on Long Island in New York, it was a Republican sweep top to bottom. They won almost every single race, I think. I I actually didn't see any that they didn't win. Um, So this is happening. And on Long Island, I can say with a lot of certainty that they wanted to do things differently on COVID and they were stopped by the democratic governor, first Andrew Cuomo and then Kathy Hochul. Um, and it's, it hasn't been easy for them. Like for, so for example, uh, they don't want to mask in schools, but the governor makes them mask in school. Like individual districts in Long Island wanted to make their own decisions on that. The governor said, absolutely not. So they, 
are feeling the pressure of not being able to do what they want to do uh, on a local level, on an individual level, none of it. Um, and I really think that was a rebuff last night. I think that they have had enough. And again, I don't think that you can be over COVID. I, I take COVID very seriously. I'm not somebody that's like, oh, this is no big deal or it's just like the flu. No, it, it's, it's bad and it's deadly and we should be careful of it. But there's no way to fight it through masking. There's no way to fight it through closing businesses. I mean, closing schools, absolutely not. I think all of that was a gigantic error. And I think that people who implemented it and denied science and refused to face facts and still refuse to face facts should pay the political price for that. We're talking again with Carol Markowitz, um, and uh, I, I agree with you. I think the question is whether, you know, I, I have another segment on the show today where I'm going to talk about beware of the lame duck uh, president or beware of the lame duck um, leader. You know, I mean, de Blasio, as he was headed out the door, when these guys don't think they have to run again, um, they're, they're mm-hmm. doing a ton of stuff. I mean, they're doing, they're doing a lot with the federal government, Joe Biden and his administration. They don't care. They frankly don't care if there's Republicans in Congress. They, they're not passing anything anyway. Um, so right. I, I worry about it. But let me shift gear. Let me shift shift gears for one second carol you wrote a piece over at fox news and i I mean totally serious it's (laughs) the title is the most expensive holidays ever this is a big deal but i want to ask you 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 talk about your family you refer to going out with your friends you have a sort of full your public persona is full it's got a kind of certain uh (laughs) joy about it And, and 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 that's part of your thing but, you know, now that we're looking at these, I mean, are we going to come through this with now with more normal holidays? I'm not even talking about the expensiveness of it. You can comment on that. Yeah. But I'm talking about are, yeah. are people, you know, a lot of people are still scared and, and they are, they're yeah. adjusting. And it, it's a weird time, isn't it? It's such a weird time. And, you know, it, it's funny because like so when Fauci in early October said that he it was too early to tell whether. Uh, Christmas is going to be yeah. you know, on track the way yeah. it's supposed to be. I, even though he reversed himself a few days later, it's, it's very hard to reverse yourself on something like that. People here, I shouldn't see my family even this year on the holidays. I don't know that it's going to be normal. And especially, like, I think for, I, you know, I hope to be wrong. I really do. But I really think that the Northeast is heading into a spike. I've been following the numbers very closely. We're almost, in the, I mean, we're in the exact same spot we were a year ago with no vaccines. I think that, you know, as the weather turns colder, as people start spending more time indoors, I really do think we're going to head to, you know, first towards a spike. Um, again, I hope to be wrong. But if we do, the question is, what happens? What happens? Do we um, close things down again? Are they going to shut down our schools again? Um, are we going to be dissuaded from celebrating holidays with our families? I, I think that the people in the Northeast who watched the South have a spike over the summer think that we somehow are going to avoid it because we behave better. And I'm not sure that that's the case. I I really am not. The South, you know, is hot in the summer and they spend more time indoors. It's sort of a cyclical thing that we have to adjust to. I'm very worried about all of this. I, I, I don't know that we return to normalcy that soon. It's not quite so easy to turn everything off and then turn it back on again, it turns out. Yeah. And, and I, and, um, as I told someone, the reality is you don't get rid of fear in, you know, kind of a weekend and a whole bunch yeah. of people uh, that, that uh, are especially the vulnerable, right? Uh, seniors, yeah. people that have had disease and cancer. You know, my father had cancer. Mm-hmm. He, he's a, he's a tough old, he's a tough old piece of leather, but he's had cancer. And so he's heard enough that he could have a harder time. So he's very careful, right? He's, and, and right. it's not that he walks around scared, but his life has changed by it, right? I mean, it is it's yeah. shifted. And I think that writ yeah. large is a bigger issue than people realize. 
Yeah, I absolutely uh, understand that. And I think that for people who are at risk, it makes so much sense to take extra precautions in, in all kinds of ways. My kind of worry is that people who are not at risk um, have made themselves yeah. so paranoid and afraid. You know, the, the vaccine came out for kids or, you know, it was approved for kids yesterday. And um, so many people were just celebrating this as if the kids were in imminent danger. And it's like, yeah. I'm not sure the kids need this vaccine. I, I really, you know, <laughs> no. I, I'm going to see what happens, but uh, I don't see what this vaccine does for children. I, I think that it's going to, I really think it should be an individual parent decision, but the fear they're like, Oh, thank goodness. The vaccine for kids is finally yep. here, but like they're not at risk. And, and if we could like yeah. face that fact, that would be really good for us. Right. Well, and it's and it's always anecdotal, but I mean, that's kind of life. And I, but I can tell you three out of my four kids had COVID recently and they got better mm-hmm. in like two days. I mean, I work my right. wife and I worried about it all the time. And, 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 the, and the fourth that yeah. didn't get it is the one guy that has some asthma. And we actually worried if he got it, that could be he's the one that we worried. He didn't even get it. And, and he lived with it. Yeah. He's living with us all. I mean, it's, so it's uh, it, it. But but again, the, the the fear factor, I hate to refer to that, but the fear yeah. factor yeah. is a is a it, it matters in people's lives. All right, Carol, I got to run on Unfortunately, Carol Markowitz, Thank she writes you. over at the New York Post, Fox News, uh, also at DC Examiner. Thanks for coming on with us, Carol. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. And it's at Carol, K-A-R-O-L, my favorite Twitter handle, other than at Julie underscore Kelly, too. I just don't know why. Hers is so simple also, like Carol. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we will take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Have you ever attended a Republican or a Democratic national convention? If so, you've seen the bedlam, the emotion of conflicts on issues, and the power of the chairman to gavel down those he does not allow to speak. Now imagine holding the Republican and Democratic National Conventions at the same time in the same hall. Imagine the confrontation of partisan politicians and pressure groups, the clash of liberals and conservatives, the tirades of the activists, all demanding that their view of constitutional issues prevail. Imagine a Sarah Palin caucus trying to work out a constitutional change with the Al Franken caucus. That's what it would be like if pressure groups succeed in their plan to call a new convention to make constitutional changes, as is allowed by Article 5. It would be a self-inflicted wound that could do permanent damage to our nation, to our self-government, and possibly even to our liberty. The most influential players would be big media, giving on-the-spot interviews and predictions of what they are trying to make happen. The original Constitutional Convention of 1787 deliberated in complete secrecy, and there were no leaks to the press. That's obviously impossible today. Demonstrations would be staged by the pro-abortionists, the gay activists, the feminists, the environmentalists, the gun control lobby, the pro- and anti-amnesty blocs, and the unions, all demanding that their perceived rights be recognized in the U.S. Constitution. State legislatures can start a constitutional conflagration, but they cannot put out the fire once it is ignited and cannot control the winds that will fan this fire in ways we cannot now foresee. 
How could we possibly allow our great Constitution to be jeopardized by calling a national convention at a time when so many special interest groups want to rewrite it in different ways? This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Anyone pushing for a constitutional convention doesn't have a full appreciation for the brilliance and beauty of the original document ratified back in 1788. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find all kinds of reasons why a con-con could be a disaster for the American way of life. Check out phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We are going to wrap things up. And if you remind, let me remind you, you can always go over to ProAmericaReport.com and you can listen to these great interviews. Carol Markowitz, she's super. She's a great writer and uh, fun to watch on Twitter, fun to see what she's up to on Twitter. And then Andrew Pollack, what an American, uh, I don't know, American original. I don't think he wants to be called a hero. He's probably a hero, too, but he's just an American original. What an interesting guy, and I'm, I'm grateful to catch up with him. Let's finish up. Um, we had some news that broke early on a Wednesday afternoon. I saw it, and I wanted to comment on it, and I was wondering when this would come out. The news is that um, the inspector general, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, that somehow they were able to do this so quickly. Most things that are done in government take forever, and you can't get them done very well, and it, you know, it just doesn't work very well. Well, the inspector general in the Pentagon was able in just a few short weeks to do an analysis and uh, to do all the checking, and they were able to discover that, ah, lo and behold, the killing of the nine civilians in Afghanistan as the Biden administration bungled their way out of Afghanistan it, total accident. Totally no problem. It's, it's no big deal. The, the, the inspector general said it's no big deal. It, it's not a big deal. It's a mistake. It happens. Um, everybody had a real sense that these the family, you know, three adults and six children, that they somehow had a bomb in their car. I mean, and they, they were following them and they just said, this is what we have to do. And so they wiped them off the face of the earth, killed them on the way out. Six children. You know, I mean, again, I'm not naive. There are children that are used to take bombs. And I've, you know, I've, I've, I've heard from people like my brother who served in Iraq, Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, both. And he would say, you know, there were times where, depending on the environment you were in, you couldn't trust anybody. You'd have a little schoolgirl walking towards you, you know, 10 years old, you wouldn't trust them. So I'm not naive about the use of civilians in war, but that's not what happened here. Nobody's saying that's what happened here. And so somehow, magically, with just a few weeks of time, they were able to say, oh, no misconduct in the Afghan strike. Nothing at all. In total, and, and they call it an independent Pentagon review has concluded that the U.S. drone strike that killed the Kabul civilians and children was not caused by misconduct or negligence and no disciplinary action. Now, I suspect that the guy that fired the drone, who is probably sitting in a in a air conditioned room in Arizona or somewhere, maybe in Europe or maybe in, I don't know, maybe somewhere closer, but I doubt it. He probably didn't know anything. He was told this is what you've got. And, and, but that, that's not there. There are supposed to be intelligent, intelligence assets on the ground in the local community, in the national, in the, in the nation where you are, to tell you what you got. And so let me be clear, by the way, I said the inspector general of the Pentagon, it was the inspector general of the Air Force. But still, the point is that this is what they did. And they investigated and they said, it's not, you know, this is the, um, n- nothing to see here. 
And of course, the report endorsed by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is that we're just, you know, nothing to see here. Now, one more thing. Isn't it crazy how time has shifted? The, 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 kill, this, the um, killing was on August 29th. August 29th. It's November. What is it? No, it's, it's or the first week of November. We're talking about one month ago. You could, you could round up and say five weeks ago. Doesn't it feel like that debacle was like years ago? I mean, it feels like it was years ago to me. And yet, five weeks, the uh, you know, Air Force watchdog, Inspector General, is able to look and say, no problem, and publish that so everybody can point to it and say, no problem. And the media, the narrative machine, big tech, big media, big government, can just say, yeah, yeah, nothing to see here. We'd have, we had an Air Force Inspector General, sounds independent, do a review, and there's nothing to see here. And we're supposed to take that as the, uh, as the truth. Amazing. All right, we got to wrap things up. Again, let me say thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer, Joanna Spilger for helping uh, get our great book, our great guests, and you for listening. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, to find out uh, more. Get it the daily email and also get all these great segments. And we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.